Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, What's it? <laughs> it's gotta be mental. <laughs> I love a pizza. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of The Front Free. Joining me as always is the one and only Lawrence McKenna. I'm on the streets. I can, I can hear that, I can hear that. And uh, we've also yeah. got the stat man himself, Dave O'Brien. Hello, lots of going. It's good, I'm glad to be back. Um, I, I missed you. I was upset to have missed the podcast in, in midweek, but I had a great time listening to it. I think Kristen. Was it was fantastic. less philosophical, though, wasn't it? Less philosophical, Adam. Yeah. We, did get, we got a, an interesting comment from Charles Antionades on Twitter. He said, uh, Adam Boltwood, when you aren't here, the podcast gets so philosophical. We need the real talk journalist back. Um, that's not the first things uh, I'd use to describe myself, not a journalist for one. Um, but real talk, I like that. I'll try and I'll try and bring the real talk to this Q and A special. Come to you on a Saturday. No, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. First off, guys, seeing as it is, uh, it's a big weekend. Top of the table clash between Leicester and Manchester United. Dave, I'm going to come to you first. I've got a question here from Mark Gilmore. He wants to know, Dave, is Jamie Vardy going to break Ruud van Nistelrooy's consecutive Premier League goal scoring record? I think he is. I, I've got Whoa, a feeling inside really? my gut that he's going to score against Manchester United and he will. Because it's kind of like, it's written in the stars, isn't it? That he's playing against uh, Man United, the club that Ruben Nistelrooy played for, um, that got the brilliant record. The interesting thing I saw this week, apparently the average position of op- of opponents that Ruben Nistelrooy scored against was seven, Was they, they came seventh in the Premier League versus the one that, um, the op- opponents that Vardy scored against in this run, averaging at about um, 10th to 11th in the Premier League. So, you know, Rude scored against a better quality of opposition, but obviously I can't play, make, make that argument yet. But, you know, it will happen. I've, I've just got a feeling it's going to happen. Dave, do you also think that's a bit of a misnomer, though? Because it wasn't Rude's record over two seasons. So it's also, it's hard to say where you are, what position in the table it is at that point. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, but this I mean, is Vardy final position, Lawrence. Some... This, is, this is final position. Obviously, Vardy's... Yeah, but, Vardy's but we, don't know, we don't know where Vardy's going to finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. Dave, but I do, stop, I just... stop twisting the stats, Dave. Stop <laughs> twisting the stats. Back off, mate. It's what that's part of my job, that right? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Lawrence, would you agree with that? Because Manchester United, as we well know, have got the best defence in their league. They've only conceded nine goals all season, three of which came against Arsenal, of course. So, do you think Jamie Vardy going to be able to break through that rear guard this weekend? I think Vardy's, Vardy's obviously in a, a reasonable position, but he's also coming up against distinguished defence in the Premier League, uh, and. Mike Smalling and, you know, Ian De Gea and all those guys. So I think 
you know, when you contrast the fact that he's been in such good form, but then also the fact that Manchester United look like they can cut off whatever supplier it is that's going to bring the goals to him, then it's, it's, I mean, it's, it is the perfect narrative, like most people have been saying. All I'd say is, I like that he's equaled it. Um, what if it was just to stay as equal? Equal. That yeah. would be great. Rude I mean, still live on in the memory of, pre- of the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to do it personally. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Manchester United are going to are going to make sure they uh, they maintain Rude's record. Uh, but um, yeah, they really yeah. care. Uh, you know how much Van Gaal liked uh, yeah. Nistelrooy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like it's not going to be their you know their main purpose of the game. But I'm just saying, I think they're <laughs> right, gonna, guys. The MO uh, here: don't bother about the win. <laughs> yeah. Make sure Van doesn't they? score. All right? It's all That's about Rude. Um, let me move on to the next question. Then we've got a question here from Brad with four Ds on Twitter at Brad Hensley. He says, Lawrence, thoughts on Pep Guardiola's future, considering those recent links with Manchester City. Those rumours again coming round that he's uh, that he's off to the Etihad Stadium. Yeah, I, I do often wonder about that. I mean, Pep himself has apparently said that he prefers London over anywhere else in England. Um, I also think these rumours tend to rear their head when Man City are not playing so well or maybe they have a couple of questionable results and therefore people sort of say well what kind of football would we be playing if we were playing with someone else um and i think overall i would say that it's also some i wonder whether sometimes he's a placed by man city or someone close to the club to placate the way that the fans are uh treating the situation mainly because mainly mainly because i think they realize it's a long-term plan here i mean dave was listing it just the other day um, and, you know, about how, how much further ahead people feel they are in Manchester. So I would say it's more of a PR thing than anything else. And if anything, very often you don't know which side these things have come from. You're also wondering, is Guardiola angling for a new contract in some way, mm. or, you know, looking to get the, the fee higher, etc., etc. Dave, let's go to Serie A. Do Inter have a solid chance of winning it this year? We've got Gabriel Cassar on Twitter asking that. What do you reckon? Do uh, Inter and Roberto Mancini have a chance of taking home the Scudetto this season? You see, I think I'm going to go with yes, 100%. I, cool. but, you know, pre-Syria starting, I thought Inter with the signings that they made, Condogbia, they, they shored up their defence signing, Miranda and uh, a number of other lads. So it's one of those things where they've, they've looked good. They've only conceded seven goals in the league this season, um, which is pretty decent. But I just feel that in Italy, sometimes it is about the best defensive record. And if you do score goals, they've got the likes of Jovic and Icardi that can, uh, you know, can fire goals in. So it's, it's just getting that balance right. And they started to click against Ferenzi. So it's one of those things where I do think Inter are going to, you know, go and win the league. Mm. Juventus is going to be their own main rivals, in my personal opinion. I think Juventus are starting to kick on, you know, Dybala, Pogba. They started to look a bit better in the 3-5-2 that they've switched to of late. So it's going to be Juventus-Inter for the title, I think. Why though? Why do? Why though? Do you think people have suddenly got a bit of faith in Inter? Because earlier on in the season, Dave, when I was talking about Inter and sort of talking up their prospects, you know, who they bought, those kind of things, people were saying there's still a questionability over the longevity of the team, over what Mancini can do with the side, um, and you know whether whether basically whether they can last the distance. And I think part of it is, you know, we've seen how Juve have done. They've basically taken themselves away from being one of the you know the, the outright winner, basically. But then we've also got other sides who are, it looks like a much more diverse league this season. So why are Inter suddenly so much so much further ahead than, say, a Roma or a Fiorentina? I think I think that's the thing that um, Fiorentina that they have played this brilliant style of football with th- the three four three um, under Sosa, and it's been really good. They've scored the most goals and they've scored the second most goals, sorry, in the league. But defensively, you know, you've got to question it. Conceding two goals against Empoli and then having to bring on 
uh, Kalinic at the weekend to get the 2-2 draw doesn't really show signs of a champion, whereas Inter Milan, it just show, they just look like champions. You know, Roma again that you mentioned there, they're too leaky. They've conceded more goals than any other team in the last 10 minutes of games. It's a real mentality thing. There's a lot at the Squawker office called Michelangelo, an avid Roma fan. And he was, telling me today, yeah, he was telling me today that Roma really lack mentality and there's a real issue with Rudy Garcia that when Roma get a lead, they can't keep the lead. And that's a big issue. They've, they've scored, I think they've scored the second most goals in the first um, sort of quarter of the game. But then at the end of the game, they're conceding goals. They're not turning these, um, you know, winning positions into victories. And that's what the issue with Roma is. And then Fiorentina, you know, I don't feel Fiorentina they, have that grasp. They also have the worst, I think, don't they have the worst Champions League record this season, Roma? Is, no, is, it, worse, is it worse than everyone else in their group? Or is it just, is it the worst Champions League record? This worse than... Maccabi worse than all those other guys. No, no. So, so Roma will go through if they win the last game. Roma are going to go through. Bayer Leverkusen drew this drew midweek um, away against Bete, and and they only got the one point there. So it's really put Roma in the commanding seat. If Roma get a result against Bete, if they win that game, um, they are through to the next round of the knockout stages. The only issue that Roma have is obviously they played a high pressing game against this Barcelona team and got teared teared an absolute new one because that's what <laughs> happens. That is what happens if you play Barcelona and you press them. It's mental. Real Madrid did Mate. it. Roma did it, and it's people have forgotten how to play against Barcelona. Barcelona, Maybe. you should Ooh. be playing defensively Maybe. in your own half, counter-attacking. That's it. You can't attack. You can't play them at their own game because they're, they're so much better at it than you. I think Rafa proved a real point, and I think Jose proved. It. There's been a couple of managers that have proved the real point that if you choose to play Barcelona at their own game, you're going to lose. Mm. Yeah. I think you know there's been a couple of managers in a row. Like Jose was given this long-term credit for. Oh well, you know, I mean, he deliberately played an over-attacking side, whereas Rafa's not clever enough to this is, play it tactically. Does this answer Nathan Van Loon's question? Are Barcelona in recent form unstoppable? He's saying they're stoppable, Dave, but people need to be smarter yeah. tactically when yeah. they come up against them. I think I think the thing with Guardiola's Barca, people knew that you sit deep against them. You put like a bank of four, then maybe uh, then a, maybe a bank of five, whichever way you want to do it. Two defensive midfielders or one defensive midfielder, then one up top, and you hit them on the counter attack. You tap down the flanks. It's classic playing against a possession-orientated side. The issue that we've had recently is that um, under Enrique, people have forgotten that this is Barcelona. It's the same team, the same component of players that you hit them on the counter-attack, you will potentially win the game. Whereas teams have come out, Roma played such a high line midweek, it was ridiculous. They were playing a high, they were playing the line that was near the halfway line against Barcelona. You look in the first half, like the first half was a real, um, sort of, well, I can't think of the word right now, the real, a real sort of microcosm. Yeah, to, to what's going to happen in the second half. The amount of times they were getting in behind and, and being caught at offside, Barcelona, like that, it's a Neymar, Suarez. And I'm just thinking, are you mm. crazy? Like, are you mad playing this, this higher line? It's just, for me, it, it's, people have forgotten how to play this Barcelona team. Right, let's move on to the next question. And we've got a great question here from Oscar Anderson. Lawrence, uh, we'll come to you first. Which team will be the next team? Oh, very louder. Uh, which team will be the next oh, team sorry. to win their first? Oh, okay. Which team will be the next team to win their first Champions League? Lawrence, Oscar thinks it's going to be Atletico Madrid. Apart from Tottenham, obviously, who is going to be that first team? Can't team? hear myself think down there, mate. Um, yeah. I would say that's an interesting question, actually, isn't it? I would love to say it was a an English team. You know, Manchester I'm really City. Pep coming in. Oh, takes them to Champions League glory. I can see that happening. Yeah, I wonder whether it's going to be... I mean, that's the problem is actually the people who are powerful at the moment have all won Champions Leagues very recently. Mm. PSG won. PSG have never won the Champions League, have they? So, no, they haven't. I don't think they have, yeah. They've never won the Champions League. I think they've, I don't they've think won, so, no. they're probably. I think they've won a European Cup. I don't know if they've ever won a Champions League. Listen, Ronaldo's um, there next although, season. Ew, I reckon... Ew, uh, I, I was going to say, what if it was PSG? 
It, could, it, it would be well very be. poetic within football. I think um, it'll be Manchester City. I'm just going to go for that. What do you really? you, you reckon? PSG, is. Lawrence, and Dave, I, I'm what are you say, saying? I'm going to say PSG would be the next team. I don't know. Are we yeah. talking in the same way that, that that question is sort of you know within the next ten years or whatever? Like, I'd love to see Atletico Madrid win it, but PSG is probably the you know the the most probable one. They won the Europe. They won the uh, UEFA Cup Winners Cup in 95-96 season, but they've never won the European Cup. So. For them, you know, money, money, money talks in football. I think they will eventually. They'll get their formula right, whether it's with Mourinho or without Mourinho. That eventually PSG are going to win it. Uh, next question. Um, let's go to Australian football expert Lawrence McKenna. For is Tim <laughs> Cahill the best Australian player of all time, Lawrence? Well, I mean, I've got to say, uh, using your vast I, knowledge. I, I mean, um, I, I mean, you know, people compare him with the likes of now. Now, think of some Australian footballers: Harry Kuehl yes. and Bresciano. Oh, Bresciano! Um, what a shout! <laughs> Thank I mean, you. We're also thinking of we're also thinking of big players out there at the moment in the Premier League, Adam. I mean, you know, to name but a few: Yedinak, mm. Yedinak, and of course Yedinak. Yes. Um, I think uh, to me, he's probably the most. He's probably the one that's had the most notable career within Europe. I think there are going to be much bigger uh, future Australian players. I, Australia almost has that like, perfect way to breed players, not breed in a you know terrible sense, but. You know, they have a lot of sports over there which are um, very physical. You know, you've got uh, Aussie rules, those kind of things, which I think breed incredibly fit footballers uh, and, you know, probably uh, give a different kind of body type to football. Uh, and I think Tim, Tim Cahill certainly was was part of the, the different body type that came to the Premier League and, and made it a more imposing league. So I think at the moment he's the most notable. I can't think of anyone else. Can anyone else I, mean, think, I mean, you know. I, that was a great answer there from Australian football expert Lawrence McKenna. <laughs> great stuff. Um, Dialect. No, I'm, I was very impressed. Lawrence. Okay. I, if, I would have just said maybe if it were me. Um, Dylan, Arvella, <laughs> Dylan Arvella says, "What do you guys think of the idea? Whoever takes penalty kick has to take it. Whoever wins a penalty kick has to take it." I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago. We all said it's a great idea. Mark Viduka. Mark Viduka. Mark oh. Viduka. Mark Schwarzer. Oh. Mark Schwarzer. It's all about the marks. That's what it is about. It's all about Marxism, guys. And, and not only that, but Mark Bresciano. Yes. The best, the best people in football. Marks. Marks. <laughs> um, Dave, let me give you an opportunity to maybe uh, lay into LBG. Mark Bosnich. Mark Bosnich. Oh, he's not a great Mark. Hanzala Abassi said, why didn't LBG loan Wilson out at the start of the season? Because now he's lost out on three months of football and he's done like a little emoticon face, kind of like looking off at the side like, <laughs> you know. What's this shit? Uh, what do you reckon, well, Dave? Well, I think that he might have still been drunk from the Christmas party because <laughs> <Bloody hell. laughs> to, to not have, you know, to not consider who, you know, who you're going to have in your squad at certain times. You know, the loan of Adnan Yanazai to Borussia Dortmund is another example of stupidity and, and a lack of planning, a real lack of planning. You know, the uh, Europa League clash yesterday that was between Krasnodar and Borussia Dortmund, Yanazai didn't even start. What is the point of him being there? The opening few games of the season, Yanazai looked really, really good. Got hammered by LVG in a press conference, which is absolutely awful. You know, destroying the players' confidence. And then probably the next day, he's like, you know, I'll go alone. You know, James Wilson, he needs to be playing football. Gary Neville is completely right. Too many English players um, get to the age of about 22 and have played, at, you know, no first-team experience, no first-team sort of appearances. And for me, James, this, the loan now for James Wilson is good. But for me, he should have been in the United team at some point. You know, he should be being brought on or, you know, yeah. it's just, it's absolute craziness, really. It really is. It's... We're talking about there, young... There are, um... but aren't there people at the BBC who are saying that there are players who are saying that they feel... And this is what I find unusual, is I feel like players... I don't... 
it, it's almost which came first, the chicken or the egg, a certain kind of management or a certain kind of chicken. footballer. And there are, uh, what do you call me? And then there are also, the, the point would be at Manchester United that at the moment there is a bit of a culture clash. I mean, we saw the same thing with Capello in the England team. Um, you know, C- Capello had made a series of great changes at a series of clubs. And I understand things have changed for him more recently. But at the time, you know, and you'd even say now with Louis van Gaal, there are people who have a certain agenda for a certain kind of football that they want. And if it's anything outside of that, I think there's a real lack of appreciation for what certain people do. Yeah. Well, and I think well, the same is with I Louis wanna, van Gaal. Let me just move on to, um, I want to talk about England players there, Dave, because you mentioned there about young English players, Gary Neville saying they're not getting a chance. Robert Winter has sent in a question here saying, does it look like the future England team will be better than the Lampard goals? era, the sort of the golden generation era. Lawrence, let me come to you with that one. Um, what do you reckon? The future England team looking good? You know, the likes of the youngsters, Deli Ali in there, um, Chris Smalling. Certainly so. Uh, I mean, Raheem John Sterling. Stones. Yeah. Jordan Ibe. What do you um, other young, Other young centre-backs. I mean, young goalkeepers who are probably going to come through. Oh, Butland. Butland, eh? I think they, they, they may be in a team which plays, But I mean, Ross Barkley. They must be, they may be in a team which confuse better together because of the style of football they play at each club and because of the way that maybe they'll be coached at each club. I wonder whether technically or kind of confidence wise they're as good. I think in many ways they compare but it's on a it's on a, a compar- it has to be on an index. We have to index these players somehow. I think that's part of the problem is Dave and I don't know whether you believe this I don't know whether you agree with this but it's hard to index the way that players play so we just directly compare stats from the 90s to stats yeah. with the thousands and actually there's I mean that's almost ludicrous if you think it's the same as comparing you know stocks in the 90s with stocks now yeah, correct. there's been inflation all those kind of things and I think that that makes it difficult to compare directly um, well, one, uh, one. millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One thing I'd say there is that you look at the number of touches players get and right now in the modern game, it's, it's, I think it was something like um, an average of a, a thousand touches over a season or over a game or something for a player. I'm not sure which it was. And now it's like 3,000. So w- the numbers might be incorrect, but what I'm saying is you get three three times more touches than you did in the 90s. What I feel about England and Gerard and Lampard is that England were taking the, taking the sort of, they were pushed into this zone where Gerard and Lampard were brilliant, both brilliant midfielders, and they were like the stars of the team. But there were two of them, and we couldn't fit them in the same team. What I feel now is that it's more of a team. 
there's more of like nobody's the standout star and they're all working together and they're all coming through at the right time, which kind of makes me feel that for England over the next few years, we're going to have a lot, uh, the setup's going to be a hell of a lot better just because we're not focusing on making a team around Gerrard or building a team around Lampard. You know, we've missed massive, massive, you know, missed massive opportunities. For example, building a midfield around Paul Scholes or building a midfield around Michael Carrick, you know, these players that really do dictate the play. But now we're in a situation where we're sort of half and half. We're kind of like ready for the future. We, we do slightly lack progression, I think, in some areas. I mean, you mentioned Gary Neville making those comments. I think Gary Neville is probably one of the more standout coaches um, and one of the more standout voices in the game right now. Yep. There's a lot of people who speak in a rather individualised, regressive way about football. And there's a number of people who think in a very fixed way about football. It doesn't necessarily make, it, doesn't necessarily make it the most progressive way. And I think the Premier League and the, the, media, the immediacy of what the Premier League requires does make it difficult for uh, English football and other footballers within that to flourish. Um, or to, I think maybe that's the wrong word, is to progress in the right way. Um, and yeah, I think overall the mentality is going through somewhat of a reform right now in, in English football. Mm. Um, next question is from the one and only Mike Smalling on Twitter. He said, does Dave own any more shirts than the blue one? No, no, he doesn't. Dots? No. I think well, what, I'd like, what I'd like to say here is that yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit like, like yeah. a little bit like Homer Simpson, mm. where he's got a number yes. of white yeah. white tops. Yeah, you haven't just got and, one, and that's what it is. Yeah, I've got a number of them that are rotating constantly in life. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is. It's just a load of the same coloured shirts in a cupboard, and it's just you know you pick one out, you put it on. Yeah, what's wrong with yes, that? Yes, Dave, that's clothes. Yes, <laughs> that's how they work. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's Marco, clothes work. Marco Fabian, you know you can't Dave. Marco Fabian as well wants to know. How comes Dave doesn't promote his YouTube channel? I wish yeah, I had found yeah. it ages ago. Um, um, I don't know. Maybe I should do it a bit more. It's just one of those things that I do every every United game so far. Um, push it out. But I don't. It's almost as if Dave chose these questions. Um, do I want more? <laughs> Tell me, why is Dave so good looking? Guys, <laughs> go and check out Dave's YouTube channel. What is the yeah. URL, Dave, that people have to type in? Shit, I don't know. Let me just double check. Oh, yeah. What are you going to say? Are you kidding me, Dave? You should know this off the top of your head. Well, it's, I've not got, you know, because I'm, I'm pretty rubbish at YouTube. Yeah, uh, we know. So, I yeah, I, my channel is still a mess here. Like, <laughs> it's David O'Brien TV. Yeah, it's David O'Brien TV. David O'Brien TV. Uh, but Dave, you've made a classic mistake. You've really pissed me off with that name. David O'Brien TV. What's wrong what with that? What should I call it? I don't know what to call it. TV. He sounds like it's something my dad would call this channel. It's, uh, yeah, McKenna right. TV. All right, Lawrence, what should I call it then? I call it Davecast. What's your problem? Davecast. <laughs> Dave, I like the channel, and I like since how you've moved house, you've got uh, a more expansive uh, backdrop. It's not just a wall anymore. It's no, the, the skyline. <laughs> now a wall and a door. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the, the, well, some of the London well, skyline. To be honest, right, yeah, no. So if you if you look out, I might do a, I might do a YouTube um, show about my skyline because you can see everything. You can see the Shard, you can see the Gherkin, you can see uh, Victoria Park or the Winter Wonderland in there. You know, it's one of those things where we could we could build on that. Lads. Mm. We could build on it. Um, I, you know, I don't want to probably, yeah, probably uh, see my house from there, Dave. Probably see my house probably, from there. The, could, um, mine and Lawrence's invite to the house mowing is it in the post yet? It must still be in the post. We haven't had one yet. No, we still haven't had one. Oh we right, okay. Kept, so it, kept it quiet. <laughs> But we might have a housewarming. Open have... to all front free listeners. It's going to yeah, be all a... the front <laughs> come down, come, come around. Down. Love a riot. It's going to be mental. Uh, right. Next question. More about that in the next episode. Uh, next question is uh, from Alan K. Apfel. He says, 
lots of talk of Liverpool Spurs being in the top four with the way they are both playing. Can you see them both making it? Hmm. Dave, what do you reckon? Interesting. I think it's going to be one or the other, to be honest, because I think Man yeah. United... No, I don't know. I don't know. They, look, they both look so mm. good right now. Like Liverpool and Spurs are the two teams that I like to watch the most in the Premier League. They play the most attractive style of football. Like you two are absolutely <laughs> privileged right now. Like Spurs are playing a <laughs> brilliant mean, passing game. I have nothing Liverpool... to do with the way Spurs play, but thank you, yes. Never, you know, I've you're made fun... the course. I made the course. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're both the fans of those clubs. And what I mean with that is that you've just got to take it that Right now, you're playing brilliant football. Just watch as much of the clubs as you can. That's what I mean. Like, they're just brilliant to watch both of them. Do you not I really, think, do you not think I they deserve it? Manchester City and Arsenal, well, maybe before a few weeks ago, I said they're both bang on, but they probably are almost certainties to be in that top four. Are they not? Am I wrong in saying that? I reckon, yeah, that's the thing. I think that it's probably going to be Spurs fourth, Liverpool fifth. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's one or the other, essentially. Because of the style, I, I, I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I love football and I love when people play football the right way, in my opinion, of playing this progressive attacking, um, pressing game. So I, I just like them both. But I do feel that, you know, the likes of Man City, the likes of Man United, even though Man United are playing rubbish football and they're dead boring and they're defensive and whatever, they're just going to grind it out. And then Arsenal are going to hit good, good form again. So I think it will be one of the team which will be Spurs and then Liverpool in fifth. We've got two great questions here. One from Finbar McMahon. He's always sending a good question. He said, if Messi had joined Madrid and Ronaldo had joined Barca, hypothetically, which team would this. be more successful? I was I thinking like about this. That. I, I like was thinking that. about this just the other day. Um, um, I would be tempted to say Barcelona because although Messi is perhaps the greatest player of all time uh, and he is the focal point of that team, there was also a generation of incredible players brought through the Masia we're looking at Busquets, we're looking at Iniesta, we're looking at Xavi, who peaked at the same time. So although Messi is the focal point of that team and the, the main star uh, throughout the, you know, the last six, seven years when they've been the best team in the world, there were also a number of incredible, uh, a generation that peaked at the same time, coincidentally, almost. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask Ian Balaguer that I didn't ask the other day in the interview Oof, that was, why did, Ronaldo, why did Ronaldo try to pick why did he pick Real Madrid say ahead ahead of another European side why leave United would have been my question because you know they were they had the chance to be so imperious at the time isn't that the dream of many sort of you know Spanish Portuguese South American players to play for one of those two clubs it's one or the other I understand what you're saying I'm just saying why did he pick Real Madrid why ahead of Barcelona why why you know just a number of reasons of why what was Ronaldo's thinking behind that basically and, well, and also I mean Messi's a little bit different because he was a young he was a very young child um, you know. I assume it's not as if Barcelona came in with, with a bid for Ronaldo I mean literally could weigh it up I assume it was Real Madrid that was chasing him he was interested and Barcelona didn't really try and sign him see what, I mean I see what you're saying I'm, I, whereas I'm with Neymar same. apparently Real Madrid you know, did try did to try Neymar, in the same and Neymar made the choice almost. Same as Suarez, actually. Yes, um, exactly. So, you know, interesting on both. Would, on, would you on, say on both that chefs. Barcelona would, would, be, would have been the more successful, though, because of the, the team around Messi? Well, you, sort of, you also sort of wonder, well, what, what would Pep Guardiola have done with Ronaldo? You know, or I suppose that was part of it, is actually what, what uh, Guillaume was telling us the other day, where was that he was quite, he, to some extent, he was mouldable. And in the right environment, he probably would take on what the coach said, but it had to be the right environment. And I imagine, you know, you almost imagine going one of two ways, the Ibrahimovic way, which is, no, I, I know exactly what I want, or the way which is, you know, I, I need, a, I want a figure in my life who's going to give me some sort of structure. And you think, you know, I, I, you do wonder what would Ronaldo have come become if, he, if he'd gone to, to Barcelona? Would he have been less muscular? Would he have been a bit more of a 
technical footballer, all those kind of things. I, I think it's interesting what we were saying to Guillaume about how, although... Yeah, we were fascinating when we spoke to Guillaume, weren't yeah. we? Sorry, yeah. you were fascinating. Um, no, no, I'm, no, I'm saying, that. I mean, oh, right. yeah, we're more interested in the Guillaume. I'm not saying me on my own. <laughs> yeah. No, but he was sort of saying... We were sort of saying Good point, know. Guillaume, but I'm also interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm bloody fascinating, yeah. mate. Uh, no, the Real Madrid maybe haven't equipped Ronaldo with the, the tools he needs to succeed the club, you know, the way it's run makes things difficult, but... Anyway, moving on to the next question. Got a good question here from Jer- Jeremy AFC. If you could each bring on one person to the podcast from the football world, who would it be? No. Let's just say Javi Alonso is a given. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, Javi Alonso is a given, blah, blah, blah. Uh, actual football world, Real life people. wider football world, who would you bring? Dave? Um, right now, obviously I'd love to speak to Pep Guardiola. No, um, Dave. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. But I quite like to speak to Michael Carrick. I think he's a he's a thinker of the game, and I think that you know he's looking to maybe move into punditry. And it'd be really interesting to see. Obviously, he's played for United. He's played at really really top level. I'd like to think about his opinions of the game. Also, Ryan Giggs. I'd love to think like I'd last, love to ask Ryan Giggs. What is your footballing philosophy? Do you want to press? Do you want to sit back? Do, have you got a formation that you're going to stick to? I think that's you know it's, there's there's a number of questions for ex United players and Gary Neville. You know how what's the, you know what's your approach in England setup? Do you ever want to manage United? I think there's there's too many people I want to speak to. Wow. Uh, Lawrence? Jonathan Wilson. Good answer. A fascinating man travels, uh, speaks to a number of people. I don't know. Yeah, Jonathan Wilson. Hmm. Um, I think a great person to, be get, to get on would be Gab Marcotti. We've had Guillaume Balaguer. Gab Marcotti oh, yeah. is very opinionated. He's a very uh, knowledgeable man. I think he'd bring even more insight than we already give the good people. So from, from what I've... Sorry? ...student of the game as well. So he kind of, mm. you know, while other people are talking about the broad brush strokes and the headlines, Gab is someone who really gets into the nitty and the gritty yes. and the details. That I think there are journalists out there that do it, but I think there aren't as many as maybe we imagine. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think he really gets in... So he'll read papers, he'll be... You know, he'll really go into the detail, basically, of what's affecting the game. And I also think where he's based himself and where he's taking his career right now, having spoken to a couple of people who are close to him, I think he, he would be... So, he's, he's the kind of guy who... I think he actually has a, his finger on the, the pulse of where, you know, the politics of football is going. I think that would be quite fascinating. Wouldn't mind getting Messi on as well, because then hits Not very would be though, pretty... Is but the hits would be pretty special. We would be the biggest podcast for Ever. one week only. <laughs> yeah, forever. <laughs> um, so we've got a few questions to run through because we're running out of time. There's been a lot of great questions this week, but don't worry, we will save them. Try and save them for next week because there have been a lot of good uh, a lot of good questions. Should do an episode for Sunday as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, just do like a podcast every day maybe. Um, to be fair, we could, the amount of tweets we get every day, we could actually do a Q&A yeah, every fantastic. day. The, the, the amount of, um, the amount of, interaction everyone's sending in over, over christmas i think we should we should do it we should do a marathon and over christmas My give God. the listeners a podcast for 12 days of christmas let me finish on this one because this is a great question actually uh, <laughs> right. right three Just questions ignores me <laughs> no three questions this one's a big okay. one right preston he said who wins a final between 2005 six peak ac milan and the 2009-10 barcelona team liverpool oh shit um, <laughs> but, um probably for me Barcelona. Uh, Lawrence, what are you saying? I know that that AC Milan side was something special. Uh, Kaká in midfield, Hernan mm. uh, Crespo up front. Mm. Um, you'd say that you know they had quality strikers to be able to score beyond that back line, but Chevchenko oh, was up there as well. 
think about and then that back line Maldini was the captain of that team um, the only question was I was really the goalkeeper and you sort of think I don't know I think it would have been the movement to Barcelona that would outdo that AC Milan side but in midfield you'd, you'd think that there is some you know the Gattuso side of things I'd love to see what Gattuso would have done in a final against Barcelona in the way that he would have shut people down been very aggressive not let them play Dave what are you saying? Oh, it's got to be the Barcelona. I think they could be. Yeah. They could. They could nullify that team. For me, Ancelotti, though, guys, come on, that's yeah, Ancelotti. But this is the Ancelotti. team that lost to Liverpool, right? We're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but that, I mean, that's Amen. a freak result. Yeah, you know, I mean, that yeah. team went three 0 up, and they were, fuck, it, they were good in that season. I just think that you could nullify Pirlo. Pirlo is a player that you can nullify, and, and Barcelona mm. would have found that. Guardiola would have found that. Guardiola would that's have a good point something on him. It's a good point because, because, because when Liverpool nullified the midfield, then the AC Milan side didn't play, did they? But then, yeah, I suppose there's all those ifs and buts, you know. That is the issue. Two questions before we leave uh, for, for this weekend's podcast. I've got so, an in- so philosophical. So philosophical. This is the real talk, Jeremy. Yeah, the real um, talk. <laughs> here's the real talk from Pulley. Pulley yeah. uh, wants to know, one, what's your favourite food? Oh, good one. Uh, uh, Dave? Shit, that is so tough. I love loads Deep. of food. Calzone. <laughs> I love loads yeah, of food. Yeah, calz- I love a pizza. Like a pizza, I think that's it. A pizza's probably my favourite food. I love uh, pizza, I love pasta. I love, I love fish. I love white fish. White fish is really white good. White fish like is a, Like a sea bass or uh, a sea bream, you know? Something beautiful. Is I, tried Peru- I tried Peruvian food the other day. No, it's for not the first time. Mexican. Fantastic. What would you go for, Eddie? Mexican. Now, let me ask you another yeah, question no, from Pulley. Good. Pulley wants to know, who's the strongest out of the three of you? Oh, I think tell you we what. need to get into a sumo-style ring. Lawrence, mate. What's your problem? All three Lawrence. of us go up against each other. Who's going to win? It's going to be me. Lawrence. Um, Lawrence. I don't mate. I reckon I could do you. What? <laughs> I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon David do you. I reckon David do you. I reckon I could <laughs> do Dave. No, Dave, Dave Dave's small and lad. scrappy. Yeah, but <laughs> Dave, Dave's small and scrappy, and he'd sort of be like... He'd throw, he'd like throw, instead of throwing sand in Adam's face, he'd throw stats in his face. Whoa. And then he'd be like, ah, shit, ah, while he's blinded, while you're taking his glasses, <laughs> you'd like, you'd get him in his big knees. <laughs> uh, I've seen, the thing is, I think I've, I've lost a while, but Adam would just come in with a, you know, we've seen him on the football pitch, haven't we, Lawrence? He's a killer. Yeah. He's a real killer. Yeah, no, it's yeah. True. Yeah, but then, but that's the point, Adam, is while Adam's bouncing off the ropes, you're sort of setting yourself up on the top turnbuckle. You just bam straight down, Analogy and you know we've got, you've got Dave, the Dave Super Stunner taking him out. <laughs> the stat you call it the stat stunner, and it would be the like, oh my stunner. god, he's brilliant. got the number nine. Oh my oh, god, no. he just hit the number the number ten off the back of his head. John Cena. <laughs> on that note, guys, that Dave brings Cena. an end to this question and answers podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I think we all had a great time. Hope you did too. Uh, until next time though Lawrence where can the good people find your face where can they find your words if they so wish find me on the Football Republic obviously and um, also Lozcast L-O-Z-C-A-S-T and Dave S-Q-U-A-W-K-A Dave on Twitter is it not or or if you wanted to find me on YouTube there we go Dave O'Brien TV promote that Dave O'Brien online mail if uh, you want to look at my face you can go on the football republic if you want to look at the things that i write on a keyboard and press enter on it's twitter at adam boltwood if you want to tweet all of us it's at the front three on twitter tweet us your questions suggestions your thoughts your you know your life story anything we look we've forward got to a guest hearing next it week. we've got a guest lined up basically what we're going to do is 
We're going to do two podcasts a week. The first podcast on the Wednesdays is going to be a little bit of news, 40 minutes of news, 20 minutes of an expert guest coming on every week. Next week, we've got a special guest. Keep an eye on the Twitter to find out who that is. Until then, we'll see you later on the front three. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.